We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the DFS OGs podcast, week six. And this is a podcast bringing together about 25, 30 years of daily fantasy experience. And that's why we are the OGs. I am your host, Chris Beermakers Fan Prince. Let me bring in my co-host here, as always, my fellow OGs, Head Chopper, Notorious. Guys, let's talk about week five real quick. What went right? What went wrong? Derek, let's start with you. Welcome in. How was week five, brother? Yeah, a lot went wrong, including uh, Doug Baldwin. That was uh, pretty brutal for me. But I was bailed out by David Johnson and Zach Ertz uh, in some late garbage time. So ended up being a slightly profitable week, which, you know, half hour before the game's ending, I did not think that was uh, even in the realm of possibility. And let's bring in the creator of the newest Hitler video. If you didn't see it, get to Twitter, Chop. I got to give you a... That was classic. I enjoyed it. I'm still laughing at some of the parts, especially Dean and Costco. So go check it out if you know what I'm talking about. But you want to hit on that chop, week five, whatever you want to do. Welcome in, my man. How are you? Yeah, good, man. Uh, week, well, week five in the NFL wasn't uh, all that great, but we, 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 it was week six for college football. That was much better for me. So uh, it's just been kind of going back and forth. If I have a good Saturday, I don't have a good Sunday. If I have a good Sunday, I didn't have a good Saturday. So I, hopefully I piece it together and get both both days right one weekend. That's the goal. Let's put it all together this week. So I, I had a pretty down week myself, not going to lie. It was, it was a little rough, a little too invested in some players that we'll get to. I'm going to use a whole bunch of poor one outs here and third and wrongs, but any poor one outs to get us started, Chop? 
yeah, he mentioned Baldwin. I was a little bit on Baldwin. I tell you, my poor went out, and he didn't necessarily have a, a terrible game. But, man, I had a dynamite roster going into the afternoon. And if I could have just had a big game out of Nelson Aguilar, I could have done I could have done some real damage and maybe got like a really high finish and saved everything. But uh, he got shut out the first half, got a few catches in the second half, but nothing, nothing very good. And uh, so Aguilar, man, I guess it's been a while since he's had a good game. I guess uh, his time has come to uh, pour one out for him because with Jeffrey back, I, I don't know if he's going to make as much of an impact the rest of the year, to be honest with you. Yeah, I had high hopes for him as well. I had, had a couple decent rosters and stacks of that game, and he kind of torpedoed those. So it's Ertz, the guy getting the job done. Derek, any pour one out so before we get started here? Yeah, I'll go with Julio Jones. I'm sure I'll be back on him again this week. But, uh, yeah, perfect game script. They got down huge, and he basically had a goose egg, you know, through almost three quarters. Then I was like, okay, one last drive, chance for some more garbage time production, and they, they bench him. They bench him and Ryan on the last drive of the game. Uh, just unreal. The guy can't find the end zone, so hopefully it'll change this week. All right, it's another week. The Rams get it done. The Chiefs get it done and continue to roll, and Julio Jones can't find the end zone. That, that's been the story so far. So, again, I got a lot of poor ones out. I want to pour out for Brandon Cooks. I mean, the dude mm-hmm. literally died on the field, and <laughs> – we were on the XM show. We had a caller call in, and he was upset about Brandon Cooks, saying he could have at least caught that ball. And then he went on to oh, say wow. something about, I mean, I guess concussions hurt, probably. Something along those lines. It was one of the funniest things I ever heard. But Brandon Cooks took a big blow there, and we'll see if he's ready to return. But we'll talk about that when we get to that game. But let's start with Thursday night football. We have showdown pricing. Apologies for recording a little late, but – hey, we get to talk about the showdown slate. So let's do that, guys. Let's dive in. Chop, I know you do these videos each and every week, so I'm going to get started with you. We have Philly. We just talked about Nelson Aguilar. We have the Giants, that captain spot. Very important. So start there. Who are some of your guys you're looking at for that spot? Well, uh, they would come from – the only guy for the captain spot I'd consider on the Giants is Odell at this point – so uh, I would I would go there for Philly. Everything else would come from Philly. Uh, you know, for some reason, I'm kind of leaning towards like uh, a Corey Clement for some reason. Well, I know Ajayi's out now, but I know they've got a lot of guys there. But Clement's probably looked the best out of all those guys. So uh, I could go I could go that route. What I've come to realize in those uh, captain spots in those showdown slates that. It's not necessarily you don't want those uh, high-priced guys, even if they're going to score. I mean, they have to really be, like, head and shoulders above everybody for them to pay off. So i kind of been trying to find some lower-dollar guys to get in there. Maybe Clement fits the bill this week for the showdown captain spot. But uh, otherwise, Wentz is going to make for a good play. Zach Ertz always uh, – Zach Ertz against the Giants, too. That's a good one. But uh, you could go that route. I'm probably not too keen on Aguilar or Jeffrey for some of the reasons I mentioned earlier. But uh, then on the flip side, Saquon's okay, but Odell's about – Odell's going to be the real guy here I want for the Giants. I don't necessarily want to mess with Eli or any of these other guys. Yeah, in this game, the total's been bet down. I think part of that is the weather. It looks like it may rain there, so we'll keep an eye on that. Obviously, we're still, you know, 36 hours out from that game. So not going to go off the weather here. But, Derek, thoughts on that captain spot? Uh, any sneaky plays in this game? You know, I see a couple guys down here 
of intrigue. Who's standing out to you on Thursday night? I'm not going to lie to you. These showdown slates, I've had zero success with them, so I'm probably not the best guy uh, to be giving advice on these. But, yeah, I do think if you're playing the captain spot, I like Odell quite a bit. Uh, we know the Eagles have just been awful against receivers. Jalen Mills played pretty well last week, but still one of the most beatable corners in the NFL. So I like Odell quite a bit. You can go right back to Ertz. He's had at least 10 catches in three of the first five games of the season. So those would be probably my two spots for the for the captain spot. I do think you could look at the defenses, maybe the kickers, uh, if you're looking for some value. Um, unlike Chop, I think Wendell Smallwood's probably going to be my preferred option in the Eagles' backfield. He's just uh, looked pretty good uh, so far this season. It's still a mess, and I would only use him in tournaments. Uh, but I think he's fine. And that's about it for me. Uh, yeah, Janoris Jenkins should be able to, you know, shut down Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, so if you want to look at Aguilar again, I don't think a lot of people will go that route. If you're looking for a cheap uh, guy that should see targets, who knows if they'll do anything with them. But uh, the target should be there. And it sounds like it's going to be a mix of Smallwood and Clement. Uh, one of the, the beat writers or Philadelphia Inquirer reporters said that's what he expects. And then little news on this game. Evan Ingram was back practicing, but he has been ruled out for this game. So don't utilize Evan Ingram, obviously. And one guy down below, we talked about the running backs. And I think a guy that may get an opportunity here is Josh Adams. He's only 600. Hasn't done a lot. Hasn't got a lot of carries, but... He's going to have a role. We know they like to utilize multiple backs, so very risky. Don't know that I put him in a captain spot, but maybe in a lineup or two to save some money, you can roll with Josh Adams. All right, let's move on to the main slate, Derek, and we start with, with probably the best game on this slate as far as fantasy-wise goes, Tampa Bay and Atlanta. I mean, probably two of the worst defenses in the league. I don't even know if it's probably. These are the two worst defenses in the league, and the total reflects that at 57 and a half to spread right around three or three and a half. So this is that age old question. Who's not in play in this game? Yeah, you got to love this game. Falcons just dreadful defensively. So I think for cash games, I'm just going to be locking in Jameis Winston for tournaments. You can take a number of different routes at quarterback, but definitely my favorite point per dollar quarterback in the slate. And look, we love running backs against the Falcons. So I want to get your guys' take on this. We got Peyton Barber. Uh, Ronald Jones, and then Jaquiz Rogers, who's probably the best pass catcher of the bunch. We know the Falcons just uh, really bad against pass catching running backs. So I want to get your guys' take. Uh, I don't have a strong preference one way or the other, but the last three running back ones against the Falcons have scored over 30 fantasy points each. Uh, Mike Evans, really good track record against the Falcons. Uh, Five-plus catches in each of the last five meetings. Six touchdowns during that stretch. Okay with Godwin and Deshaun uh, as low-owned game stack plays, but probably not going to be making my main lineup. And uh, Brate's going to see a bump with O.J. Howard out. On the other side of the ball, Matt Ryan at home, always in play. Uh, going to be avoiding the backfield, though. Uh, last week's time split, Freeman saw 28 snaps, Coleman 27, and Ito Smith 12. So for me, I'm just going to be avoiding that situation. Julio, it's time for him to find the end zone. Uh, it's time. It's time. It's time. He's had 10 career touchdowns against the Bucs. Uh, the next highest for him is five. So uh, definitely has a good track record against them. You know, Tampa Bay, awful against receivers. Um, so I'm going to be loading up on Julio once again. I'm sure I'll get burned once again, and uh, he'll be my third and wrong for next week too. <laughs> definitely my third and wrong for this last week. I said I guarantee he finds the end zone, <laughs> and somehow he doesn't in a 700-point total. So – but the numbers against Tampa, you're right. And this is a team he's played very well against. You kind of hope everyone bails and you get low on Julio. He's under AK on DraftKings. So one situation to keep an eye on, I agree. Cameron Brait is a lock and load. But 
surprisingly, O.J. Howard back at practice today, Chop. Right. So in a heavy knee brace, they said. So we'll see. Something to keep an eye on. If he's in, that kind of dings the value on Brait a little bit. Still minimum price on Fandle. I still think you can play him over there regardless. But certainly something we want to watch. Chop, same question. Who's not in play in this game? <sighs> Who's not in play? For me personally, Calvin Ridley's not in play. I'm not going to. I'm not going that route. I know, uh, you know, Derek would disagree with that, but uh, I'm going Julio here. I'm, I'm going to fade Calvin. <sighs> Sanu, I usually don't play Muhammad Sanu anyway, so I'm not really worried about him. But, yeah, Julio's the guy over there for Atlanta. That's the guy I want. I, I really don't even want the running game right there with Freeman back. So, weird. But I like Ryan, and I like Julio, and that's probably where I would go on that side of it. And uh, Tampa Bay. Yeah, I don't mind crab legs, man. I'll take Jameis. I'll take Jameis this week, man. You know, he's he's got some good weapons there. Don't want the running game. Uh, one of the questions was that was football related that they asked was, you know, could you play two Tampa Bay running backs this week, seeing as how Atlanta struggled against the running back position? And I would say I wouldn't even play one of these guys. I'm not definitely not playing two of them in the same lineup. I wouldn't even play one of them. Uh, I don't want any part of that running game, but Jameis to Mike Evans looks really good to me. If not Mike Evans, then maybe you take a shot on Godwin. But, uh, you know, with Jameis back, I think Mike Evans is going to really step up his game here and start to shine. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think Deshaun had a, a ton of success last year with uh, Jameis under center. So probably a good fade for me, Deshaun. Yeah, I love Evans. I love Bray. love Winston. You're, you're going to see a lot of them in my six-pack video that, that's out. But three touchdowns for Evans in four weeks. Bray, we know, has a great chemistry with Jameis Winston. And Jameis himself is way too cheap for this matchup. I mean, what a matchup to come back to, to the Atlanta and, and inside in, in the Dome. I think there's a lot of positives here. Derek, to answer your running back question, I think I'm with Chop. I mean, Jaquiz Rogers is basically phased out with Jones there. Jones has shown no ability to catch the football. I mean, he looks like he's lost out there. So he's the one, if I have to take a shot, I, I get your argument. We want to pick on Atlanta with running backs, but I don't know that I can do it even at 3,900. But if I have to pick one, he's the guy. All right, let's move on. Carolina and Washington. we got about a 44.5-point total here. Washington favored by about one here at home. Chop. This looks like a good spot for Cam Newton. When you look at the pricing on DraftKings, 6,100 feels like a steal for Cam. Yeah, he was, he was a little bit disappointing last weekend. So, yeah, I wouldn't doubt if he steps up and uh, has a big game here. He's always capable of winning a GPP with his uh, skill set. So, don't mind Cam. Great price tag. You're right. Could go that route. He's, he's one of the guys you don't have to pair with a wide receiver, even in GPPs. Although you could take a shot with Funches, but I would I prefer to pair him with McCaffrey if anybody. I think you get just as much production there. They say Greg Olson's coming back, but I haven't played Greg Olson in about two years, and I don't think I'm going to start in this game. So for Carolina, I like that connection, Newton to McCaffrey, and that's that's about where I would go. That's about where I'm at every week on those guys. And then on Washington's side, what a they put up kind of a dud on offense against New Orleans, but I kind of expected that on Monday Night Football. So I think they bounce back here a little bit more. But I don't see it being a, a big Adrian Peterson game this week, although – well, actually, Peterson's banging up with his shoulder, and Chris Thompson had to leave that game on Monday Night too. So, man, could we possibly get some Capri bibs here? Man, you never know. He's uh, – he was a real stud in college. I remember that. So, 
Maybe if that if that's the case, I wouldn't mind playing him. And if for sure, he's got to be better than Pirine was. Pirine was terrible when he was in there. So why take a shot with Capri Bibbs? Paul Richardson's banged up too. So and Josh Dotson missed last game. Yeah, I guess we're gonna have to hold off on this and make sure uh, these guys are who's playing and who's not. But if those guys were beat up or not playing, Jamison Crowder would be okay. But Maurice Harris looked pretty impressive in his limited time there on Monday night. But the one thing I can't get over this year is where's Jordan Reed at, man? Alex Smith is supposed to be checking down to Jordan Reed a lot, you know? I thought that was his thing. And I can't find Jordan Reed anywhere. Needed the guy to get me about three points on Monday night. That's about it. Just three more points. And that's all he does is catch one little pass for 20 yards. That's terrible, Jordan. So, until further notice, I'm probably off of Jordan Reed here, man. Yeah, I think it's a good buy low. I mean, people are going to bail. I agree. I had him in some good lineups. I was expecting more, especially with him playing from behind. And it was like, didn't do anything. So, Harris, I do like minimum price. We'll see if Doxon's out again. Uh, but he's cheap all across the industry. And like I said, got a lot of targets. But I think the Carolina side there, Greg Olson returning, DJ Moore starting to play more of a role, Curtis Samuel playing more of a role. Does that concern you for a guy like Christian McCaffrey's usage? Not too concerned with McCaffrey's usage. He's just been a bell cow. Uh, everything they said uh, in the preseason has uh, come to fruition. Averaging 17 carries per game, uh, eight targets per game, so for a total of you know 23 opportunities, which is awesome. Uh, or sorry, 25 opportunities. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he's just basically playing every snap. And the best way to beat the Redskins so far this season has been uh, through the run. They're ranked 30th in DVOA against the run this season. They've been pretty tough against the pass. Uh, other than Drew Brees last week uh, lit him up a little bit. But I actually don't love the spot for Newton. I think he's fine, but uh, there are some other quarterbacks I prefer. So McCaffrey's really the only guy I'm looking at from Carolina. On the other side, yeah, I definitely want to monitor the running back situation. If Thompson's out, I think Peterson becomes a little more interesting. If Peterson's out, you know, Thompson becomes more interesting. And then if they're both out, I agree with Chop, go with uh, Cabri Bibbs. Probably just be a plug-and-play at that point at 3K on DraftKings. And uh, I'm a little higher on Jordan Reed uh, than Chop was. The Panthers, one of the worst teams in the NFL when it comes to defending tight ends. I know Reed uh, put up a stinker last week, but uh, prior to that, you know, he had uh, quite a few targets each and every game, eight and seven the previous two. He scored double digits in three of the four games so far this season. So I think he's a nice buy low candidate. All right, let's move on to the next game. And this line kind of surprised me, Derek. we got Seattle at Oakland. I know Oakland has been playing well, but Seattle, the favorite here going into Oakland, about a three-point favorite. Nice total here, 48, 48 and a half at most spots. So Seattle looked good. They hung in there against the Rams. They put up points. Everybody besides Doug Baldwin managed to get into the game. So any interest in going back to the well on Doug Baldwin? who burned a lot of people, including myself, one target, one catch, one yard. Can we go back to the well? Because it's still a good price here on DraftKings. Yeah, it's a good price. It's a good matchup. I was hoping he would be a little bit cheaper. He's actually $200 more expensive, but that should help lower his ownership. Probably going to be you know 5% owned in tournaments. He did play 88% of the snaps. And he ran a route on every single one of Russell Wilson's dropbacks. So, uh, you know, Wilson only threw the ball 21 times. Perhaps that had something to do with it. Uh, they just didn't really need much from Baldwin. So I think it's a nice bounce back spot for him. I'm also okay taking a flyer on Vanette. Uh, played 83% of the snaps last week with Disley out. Oakland has always struggled against tight ends. Uh, and then their running game is kind of interesting as well. Chris Carson, really cheap. Uh, you know, so far in the CVR rankings here on Roto-Grinders, a lot of uh, the experts have him as one of the best point-per-dollar options. 
Uh, it's probably a spot where he lets everyone down, but uh, he has looked pretty good the last couple of weeks. Still don't want to play Russell Wilson. He's just not running enough for me. Uh, he's only running on 3.6% of dropbacks, which is by far the lowest of his career. On the other side of the ball, I think, uh, you know, hey, Marshawn Lynch revenge game. Maybe uh, they try to get him a touchdown. You know, Gruden uh, will be into that. Uh, you know, Lynch is going to want to score against his former team. So don't mind taking a shot on him. And uh, Jared Cook's just been a target monster so far this season after letting everyone down last week against the Chargers, who were the best, who was the best team in the NFL at defending tight ends. I think he uh, bounces back in a big way. Another third and wrong chop. Amari Cooper, what the hell do we do with this guy? One catch, one target, <laughs> 10 yards for Amari Cooper. Look, at, say, look at the game logs. I mean, two, <laughs> 29, three, yeah. 24, two. So do we Continue get a good week streak. here? Yeah plays well in the even weeks this is an even number do we dare play Amari Cooper I think you you, you could why not I, I know I only do one season-long fantasy draft every year now and it's just because it's some buddies from back home and we just we've done it for like 12 or 13 years now wait a minute wait a minute Woof, man it's 2018 we've done this thing for like <laughs> we've done this thing for like 19 years now it's unbelievable <laughs> But that's the only one I do, man. And I somehow drafted Amari and Jordan Reed over there. So, I'm like one in four. I'm, I'm, I'm looking bad. I'm looking bad. But that's all right, though. Amari's a guy I think uh, – yeah, I don't mind Amari, man. I'm going to play him – I'm going to run him in some GPP lineups just about every week. And this week is no different because he has the ability to explode any game. So, I'll take a shot on him. Uh, and I'm, I'm with the Marshawn Lynch call. It's really tough to play a guy like that on DraftKings because he just doesn't catch the ball enough. But uh, on a site like FanDuel or some or one of those sites that don't quite reward the receptions as much, I might I might be a, have a, quite a bit of Marshawn Lynch. I think everything shapes up here. He's running good if you watch him. Still running super powerful. Oakland is uh, at home. I know he loves playing at home more so than the road. Uh, and then uh, Seattle just not impressive on defense. It's just a, a defense that's just waiting to get exploited at some point here. And then the revenge factor. So, yeah, man, I might be pushing the lock button on Lynch on the sites where they reward touchdowns a little bit more because I, I would have a hard time believing he doesn't get into the end zone in this game. I just – it's just – I think he's going to get there. So, I like that one. But I would pass on Derek Carr. And Jared Cook's okay, but Jordy Nelson, Martavis, I'll pass on those guys. Russell Wilson, I'm with Derek. I'm not going to – not going to play Russell Wilson. He's just not running the ball this year. Chris Carson continues to look good. He's still getting some carries sniped by Mike Davis and, and even Rashad Penny a little bit. But Mike Davis stole his touchdown last week. But Carson still looks powerful when he's in there. <sighs> Doug Baldwin, I don't know, man. We had question marks on Doug Baldwin coming into the year when he said he would never be more than like 85%. And it really looks like he might not be 85% this year. So I don't know. And price is right. I guess you could. GPP him up, but uh, that's a tough sell right there. I don't know. It's just tough to wrap my head around Seattle right now. You don't want to play Russell. The backfield's kind of weird. Doug Baldwin's hurt. Like, it's just tough to take anybody there. So, yeah, I like the Nick Vanette call, though. Damn that 85%. He gets 1%. One reception, one target, one yard. 1% for Doug Baldwin. That right? is weird, man. He's a he's, He was so good. I just Yeah, maybe the, maybe the injury is just totally – maybe we really didn't respect that enough. I guess I don't, that that one's confusing still. But uh, anyway, going back to this game, Jalen Rashard's intriguing to me on DraftKings, 3,400. A guy that's been involved in the passing game there, so a cheap PPR play. And then those running backs for Seattle, like you guys said, 
44 for Carson, 41 for Davis. I think those are intriguing plays as well. But Doug Baldwin, I'm done with you, sir. So if he has a big week, I'm going to miss out. No big deal. Let's move on. Colts and Jets here, Chop. We got a total of 45 in this one. Jets favored by about two and a half or three. Jets look good. I mean, they, they took it to Denver. So another home game for them against another bad defense. What do we do with Isaiah Crowell? I think that's a big question coming off that big game. Was it a fluke or is it something we can believe in? Um, I think you play him. He's similar to Marshawn Lynch. He's not going to catch the passes, so you want to get on the site that gives you a little bit more reward for touchdowns and less for receptions, but he's absolutely in play. This is a – what are we in, week six now? Like, he's had a couple of blow-up weeks. We're only about five weeks in. He's had a couple of them where he could have won you a GPP with that performance, including last week. So, absolutely. And then, then he showed talent in Cleveland, but clearly he was just caught up in that big mess out there that was uh, Hugh Jackson and, and that dysfunctional crew. So, I think Crowell is perfectly acceptable here this week, and I'll be playing him some. He's, he's a young guy who's still got some juice in his legs, man. So, I'll play him. Darnold. It's a good matchup for him. I guess you could go there. Anunwa should bounce back with a better matchup than he had last week. Robbie Anderson did come through for us last week. He was a very nice, like, 1% owned guy. That was very, very, very nice of Robbie to deliver there. So, But I think we go back to Anunwa this week and and then pass on Robbie Anderson. So that's where I'm at on the Jets. With the Colts side, I think Andrew Luck's shown that uh, he can prosper in all this. You know, the last game. He's without T.Y., without uh, Jack Doyle. who He still came through again in a tough matchup. So I think we could go back to Andrew Luck. He's still going to be without T.Y., still going to be without Jack Doyle. Eric Ebron's still going to be chalky. I don't know if we want to go there with the elevated price tag, but kind of looking at his receivers here thinking uh, Ryan Grant's okay. Chester Rogers was really good last game, but Zach Paschal could be the guy who steps up and he was the guy who stepped up two games ago and did a real good job. So one of those guys is going to have a really nice performance at a low price. We're kind of leaning towards Pascal right now. Yeah, Andrew Luck, 121 pass attempts in the last two games. So you know you're going to get volume there. And did you guys ever think you'd see a day where Eric Ebron's the highest-priced tight end on a slate? <laughs> I mean, I didn't even think I'd see that on like a three-game slate, let alone a full slate. No Gronk, no Kelsey, no Kittle. So we're left with Ebron, Derek at the top of the heap, but I agree with Chop. I think Luck is intriguing. I like Naheem Hines on DraftKings, but it's that Jets side. You know, do we trust Darnold? Do we trust Robbie Anderson? Do we trust Crowell? Where are you coming out on those guys? Yeah, what a time to be alive uh, for Ebron being the most expensive tight end. Uh, all, all the good tight ends are either in the primetime slate or uh, you know not playing this week, Kelsey, Gronk, Ertz. Um, so yeah, if you want to pay up, I certainly don't mind Ebron. Uh, he burns us more often than not, but seeing a ton of targets, uh, leads all tight ends in air yards in the slate, leads all tight ends in red zone opportunities. And yeah, it sounds like Hilton and Doyle are going to be out again. So I certainly don't hate the play. Probably not for me on DraftKings, maybe over on FanDuel. Naheem Hines is interesting, especially if Marlon Mack is out. It uh, sounds like Matt could return, but if he's out again, uh, Hines is a guy that I'll look at. He had 15 carries last week and then nine targets. If he gets that kind of workload, I'll play him against any defense. On the other side of the ball, yeah, great call by Chop last week on Robbie Anderson. I think uh, it's a good week to go back to Quincy or Noonan now. Definitely a better matchup for him. Uh, matched up against Chris Harris last week in Denver, so no surprise that he had a down game. 
And do you guys think uh, Isaiah Crowell's 219 rushing yards will be the, the highest rushing mark of the year? Uh, I say, yeah. That's a pretty good game. That's a pretty good game. 200 yard. We don't see 200 yard games very often. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, uh, the guy's got talent, man. You know. And the, the craziest part is Powell still out snaps him and still out touches him. Uh, and it's cheaper than him. So, uh, I don't know. I might take a shot on both of them in tournaments. But overall, this game I don't have a ton of uh, interest in. But I do like the cheap wide receivers for Colt, for the Colts uh, if you're looking for some volume at a uh, good price point. I like Amari Cooper, but we flipped the script here with Isaiah Crowell. He's good in odd number weeks. 25 in week <laughs> one, five in week two, 19 and three, one in week four, and 33 last week. So, Maybe we play Amari Cooper this week and we fade Isaiah Crowell. Who knows? But that's his game. You know, those big runs. He did it in Cleveland. He had big weeks, and then he disappeared. But another good matchup here. So I agree. I think both those running backs certainly in play. All right, Derek, speaking of running backs, this game's intriguing. Let's go to the next one. Arizona, Minnesota. Minnesota at home. Big favorites. We've been in this boat before. But Latavius Murray looks like he's going to draw the start here. I don't think Dalvin Cook is going to be back. Am I crazy to be interested in Latavius Murray is my first part. The next part, David Johnson is under 6000 on DraftKings. They continue to drop his price. Can we play him in this spot as a 10-point underdog at Minnesota at 5900 So those are my big questions. Latavius and David Johnson, what do you got here? Yeah, I'll start with DJ. There's pros and cons uh, for him. If they are trailing like we're expecting, they are big underdogs, and you know maybe he'll see a few more targets. Uh, he hasn't topped four targets in any of the last four games, which is uh, a little bit concerning, but he's definitely getting the workload. So at this price point, I don't mind playing him. Probably not a core play for me just because if they get down big, who knows, maybe they'll bench him and uh, you know let Chase Edmonds get a little more run. Uh, he's terrible, by the way, at least uh, catching the ball. Uh, just kept dropping them last week as well. Um, and then on the other side, yeah, Murray, I think you can play him. Had a really tough matchup last week against the Eagles. Now has a really good matchup against Arizona. If you look at DraftKings, uh, the OPRK, the opponent rank 32nd uh, so far in fantasy points allowed to the running back position. So, yeah, I'm kind of with you. I like Latavius a little bit. I know he doesn't catch a ton of balls, but he does have uh, nine receptions in the last three games. So, now maybe he's going to be a pretty nice value at 4700 And then as far as the passing games, not a ton of interest in Arizona outside of Ricky Sills-Jones. Uh, he's going to be my bold call of the week. Uh, I'm going to say he's on the millionaire maker winning lineup. Whoa. Uh, yeah. He, that, uh, that is bold. That is lot, very bold. A lot of air yards, which I know Chop loves, uh, with mm -hmm. Josh Rosen under center. Has 10 targets the last two weeks. And Minnesota, one of the worst uh, when it comes to defending tight ends. They're 31st in DVOA. I do think uh, Rhodes will probably take away Kirk. Uh, Fitzgerald just hasn't done much this season. So he's got to throw to somebody. You know, maybe it's David Johnson, maybe it's Sills Jones. But I like him at 2,700. And then Minnesota, I'm just worried about the game flow. You know, I love how pass up this offense is, but I don't think they're going to need to throw it around all that much this week. So probably only using Thielen and Diggs in tournaments. If you have to pick one of Thielen and Diggs, I think that's another question. You know we have Patrick Peterson on the other side. Which one do you like? Because you got Thielen at 85, Diggs at 76. Pick one. 
Yeah, so I'm I'm hard headed, but uh, you know, at the start of the season, I said Diggs would be better than Thielen. You know, I'm I'm going back on that. Definitely like Thielen over Diggs uh, season long. I mean, Thielen's on on pace for 150 receptions, 1,900 yards, and nine touchdowns on 211 targets. Uh, three of those would break the all-time single season records. Um, so yeah, I'll take Thielen. Not bad. So chop over to you. So same questions. Latavius Murray to me more interesting on Fanduel. We've talked about touchdowns being more important over there, but I think he's in play. On both sides, DJ, under 6,000, Thielen or Diggs. And if you want to hit on air yards, Chop, now's the time. I want to pass on air yards. That's what I want to do. <laughs> but, uh, like, I, I fully expect min- – <laughs> so it wasn't what – like, two, three weeks ago, we were sitting here with Minnesota as the big favorite at home when they – and Latavius Murray super chalky when when that happened and, they you know, the carpet got pulled from under us. On that game, I fully expect Minnesota – to not take this thing lightly at all and to really come in here and to know that they've, you know, they messed up that game a few weeks ago and then they've had some rough games since then and that they need to get back on track here. And I fully expect them to blow them out. So I think we can play Latavius Murray. I think he actually responds here in this game. It's a premier matchup. This is not the same Arizona defense it used to be. I'm looking at some of their game logs from earlier this year. They gave up a big game to Peterson, Adrian Peterson. They gave up a huge game to Mike Davis. For Seattle, uh, Brieta was on his way to a monster game last week, and when when he got hurt in the first quarter, so yeah, I think uh, I think this could be a good spot here for Latavius Murray. And I'm just like Noto, I do worry about the game flow here for Cousins and the receivers. If it is a blowout, I don't think they'll be passing in the second half. That's a worry I do have with this team. But if you made me choose, I would definitely choose Thielen this week, even though I'm also. For the long term, I want Diggs over Thielen, but for this particular game, I want Thielen over Diggs. For Arizona, I'm not high on any of these guys. I know the price tag looks good on Johnson, but that was a premier matchup last week. I don't expect him to have it that easy this week. I'm not trusting Rosen on the road against this defense. Receivers are a little bit suspect. Yeah, if you want to – I mean, Rick – Ricky Seals, John. Yeah, somebody – I mean, if they're unless they get shut out, that means somebody's going to move the ball and get some yards and maybe get a touchdown for this team. So maybe it is Seals-Jones. But generally speaking, I don't want the quarterback, the running back, and the receivers aren't really doing it for me. So maybe it is Seals-Jones. But it'll more than likely be a fade for me from there for the Arizona side. Yeah, I agree. I think this is – like you said, I don't think they're going to overlook like they did Buffalo. I think they were clearly looking forward to the next week. They, they made a mistake. But I can't see Arizona – Doing a lot of damage in this game, so uh, pretty much a fade for me, but I will be heavy on Latavius Murray. All right, let's go to the next game. we got a divisional matchup here, Chop. Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, and I know these are two offenses playing extremely well, but we know, A, Ben Roethlisberger on the road generally is not as good. Has not thrown for over 300 yards in any of his last four trips to Cincinnati. Only one multiple touchdown game over that time. And then Andy Dalton, same thing, in division, He's not good. His last four games against Pittsburgh, 234 yards, 157 yards, 59 yards. I think he got hurt in that one and did have one 300-yard game back in 2014. So I think a lot of people are going to look at this as a stackable game. I see more of a 17-14 type of slugfest. Where do you come out on this one? Oh, man, you're, you're really uh, selling uh, Vegas. Uh, you're sticking it to Vegas with that prediction. They got it at 53 and a half, so – I mean, uh, I could see it going either way. It's really tough. It's a really tough call here uh, on the Cincinnati side. 
Man, you know, Dalton's look good. I, I like the way he's uh, his offensive line this year is protecting him. I, I like things I've seen from the new offensive coordinator. So it could get into a shootout. If it does, then Dalton could be fine. Joe Mixon looks great. I love Joe Mixon. And even though it's not an easy matchup here, I, I would still play Joe Mixon. I'm looking at the wide receivers. I think this is the week A.J. Green kind of snaps out of it now. Uh, I know that Joe Hayden is back to shadowing now, so he's probably going to try to shadow A.J. Green. And he, Joe Hayden did a, did a good job last week. But I would take – A.J. Green's one of those guys I would take in just about any individual matchup in the NFL – you know, outside of maybe Patrick Peterson or maybe Jalen Ramsey. Those are about the only guys who I don't want to play A.J. Green against. You give me one-on-one with Joe Hayden all day, I want A.J. Green on my roster. So, but wait, AJ wait, Green. Chop. He's playing at home. Oh, oh man. Let me, let me, oh, let me, let me so, look on Twitter real fast, see what Britt says about this. <laughs> oh, I don't think I can play him at home. Britt says we, don't play him at home. I can edit that part out maybe. Yeah, don't oh. play him at home. No, I mean, I, I, I really like AJ here, man. I think this is a blow-up spot. He's been so quiet. He'll go so under the radar this week. And like I said, man, some receivers, you just – I don't care how good you think the other guy is on the other side there. You just don't want to leave him one-on-one. And I don't think Joe Hayden's – how you want to leave A.J. Green one-on-one with. So, I'm good with that. Uh, ben on the road is a little bit suspect also. But eh, for that price tag, I'm probably not going to play him, to be honest with you. James Conner looks okay. Price tag also creeping up. This may be the last real James Conner game we have, though, if, if we expect Le'Veon Bell to come back in two weeks. So, Maybe they give James Conner a little going away party here, man, and send him out with a few touchdowns. Don't think you could go wrong with Antonio Brown or Juju any particular week. And I was shocked to see the ownership on Vance McDonald last week. That's definitely not a guy I want to go to at that kind of ownership. Third and wrong, Vance McDonald. Oh, my goodness. What a disaster that was. So, yeah, I'd like to call on Connor. You, know, you look at the Bengals, they're bottom 10 in fantasy points allowed, period, in targets, in receptions, in yards to running backs, and we know Connor will get the usage uh, in that role. So do like that call. I still worry about the quarterback. So chop very high in this one, Derek. I'm kind of low on it. Vegas very high on it. Maybe I'm the outsider here. What do you think, Bengals and Steelers? Yeah, I'm somewhere in between you two. Ben on the road, not going to play him. Just far too expensive for me. I like the James Conner call quite a bit. Forced 12 missed tackles last week against the Falcons. Uh, if you want to look at Le'Veon Bell, he's only done that one time in 66 career games. Uh, really dumb stat, but uh, I saw it and thought it was interesting. Um, Antonio Brown, so he is he hasn't topped 16 fantasy points against the Bengals uh, one, t- one time in the last six meetings. Um, they For every reason, I don't know if they bracket coverage him or what, uh, but hasn't been able to get it going against uh, the Bengals. You mentioned Big Ben struggling against them as well. So maybe that has something to do with it. So I'm on Connor. I might mix in some Juju. Uh, might mix in some McDonald's since everyone will be off of him now that he had that one bad game. Then he, on the other side, yeah, it does uh, look like Hayden might shadow A.J. Green. Uh, I like last week what the Bengals coaching staff did. We talked about Xavier Howard probably shadowing uh, A.J. Green, and they ended up using Green. Uh, 45% of uh, the time in the slot. Um, so that helped uh, kind of steer some of that coverage away from A.J. Green, ended up having a pretty big game against the Dolphins. Uh, but I'm still on Tyler Tyler Boyd. I think he's going to be my guy in this one. Uh, if Hayden shadows, you know, maybe uh, they don't run Green in the slot as much. Uh, so I'll take Boyd over Green. And then, yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys on Mixon. 
22 carries last week, four targets. Uh, coaches said that you know he's probably going to split time with Walden, but uh, that obviously wasn't true. So love the spot for Mixon. He's only $7,500 on FanDuel. Nice cheap price for sure. I think the running backs uh, very much in play there. So I'm batting the under on that game clearly, but I think this next game I'm going to be on the over, and that's Cleveland and the Chargers. The total sitting at right about 44 and a half, 45. Chargers favored by one here on the road, but Derek, I think this could be a shootout. I love the Cleveland offense in the spot, especially Baker Mayfield to either Jarvis Landry and Joku, I think is a solid play. And Callaway is back in our lives with the Rashard Higgins injury. And we know the usual suspects on the Chargers, but I am very high on this one. Agree or disagree? I'm high on the Cleveland side of the ball. Uh, Definitely impressed with Baker Mayfield. Not too interested in the running backs here. I know Carlos Hyde's is getting a ton of touches, but San Diego got their best run stopper back last week in Leggett. I think he's going to definitely help them improve their run defense. Uh, so I'm with you. I like Najoku. Uh, he had an 11% target share with Tyrod. That's boosted up to 19% with Baker under center. And uh, with Casey Hayward being outside, he'll probably be on Callaway most of the game. So I like Landry in the slot once again. You just can't find a guy that's going to get double-digit targets every single week uh, that has decent ownership at that price point. So uh, I'll be going right back to Landry. also like Njoku. And, uh, yeah, you can definitely pair him up with Baker Mayfield. For San Diego, I just don't know. I mean, they're going on the road against a very good Cleveland defense. They can get pressure on the quarterback. Uh, They've been good against the run. So while I do like the San Diego running backs, I just probably a little too expensive for me uh, when it comes to Melvin Gordon. Maybe it's a Keenan Allen week. He's kind of due for some positive touchdown regression. So if I'm bringing back my Cleveland sack with anybody, it's probably going to be uh, Keenan Allen. I'm going to pour one on here for the city of San Diego, Derek. You continue to call them the San Diego Chargers. I do it as well, but you just keep sticking that knife in them San Diego fans. And, you know, their their team left behind. Apologies. We'll we'll pour one out for the city of San Diego here. Chop. Chargers. Browns. What do you got? Yeah. So first off, I'd like to say, how come we call positive regression, regression? How come it's not progression? Let's call it progression. Yeah, I agree. Keenan Allen's due for some positive progression here in his touchdown rates, man. Come on now. (laughs) It wouldn't wouldn't be positive progression. Wouldn't it just be progression? Yeah, that's what I'm just pointing out, the positive, because you had to say positive regression. You're going to anger a lot of people with that. I know. I'm going to get People are going to get on me, but that's what I like to do. I like to to keep them on their toes, but – Wow, where do we start here? L.A. Cleveland's actually a pretty tough defense, a very unsexy defense to stack against. So, but uh, you know, you could always play River, uh, Rivers five point nine k on DraftKings. That's a good price. Probably a spot where I avoid Melvin Gordon. I tried not to be as much on Melvin Gordon going into last week. Um, I ended up getting him on more teams than I wanted because I just couldn't quite get up to Gurley who was incredibly high price, but we'll get into that later. Uh, but uh, Melvin Gordon's a guy I want to fade here. On the road against Cleveland, kind of a tough defense. I don't think the game flow is necessarily going to be great for him. I know he's been a big part of the passing game so far, but I don't know. I just don't like Melvin this week. Keenan looks good. Mike Williams is going to be a threat to score touchdowns. You can get Mike Williams at 4.3. That's a real good salary for him. So that's where I'm at. I think this is a, a good passing game for L.A. On the Cleveland side, I'm with you on Jarvis Landry. Like that call. Don't like the running backs, just like you said. And Njoku, man, he's about ready to blow up. Yep. 
I was sitting here about three weeks ago wondering why Tyrod couldn't get him the ball, what was going on. Slowly but surely, Baker's getting more and more involved in the offense, and I guess he's about to take off here real soon. I wouldn't doubt it if it's this week, so I like Njoku a lot. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, Chargers have been good against tight end so far this season, but the targets that he's getting and, and you know, red zone targets I think will be in play here. I, I like him a lot. So a lot of ways you can go with Baker, Landry, like I said, and Joku Callaway. On the other side, Austin Eckler continues to get it done, guys. 4,200 pretty much puts up double-digit fantasy points each and every week. I don't think he's going to win you a tournament, but another guy that can provide you some salary relief uh, and can help out in the passing game. So two games left here. In part one, thank you for tuning in to the DFS OGs podcast here on Roto-Grinders. Let's finish up our last two games, guys, Buffalo and Houston Chop. Not the most sexy game on the slate, so let's dig out some plays out of this one. <sighs> um, or not. <laughs> if I, may, I mean, if I'm looking at Buffalo, the only thing that even vaguely interesting to me might be McCoy, and I don't even know if I could go there. So um, – with that being said, this may be the week I uh, go back to the Houston Texans defense. I know they're terrible, but Buffalo's just – boy, Josh Allen's just not good, and he doesn't have receivers to throw to. So, I just don't know how they get it done here. So, I kind of like the Texans defense. For Houston, the more I thought about this early in the week, and we're still early in the week, I don't know, man. I can't believe I'm going to say this because uh, <laughs> Derek's going to get mad, but I might go Lamar Miller here. He's back. Whoa. He's healthy. Uh, oh. He's back. He's healthy. <laughs> They're at home. This may be a game they can actually get a little bit of a lead here and run the ball a little bit. He should be well-rested after taking the game off last week, basically. And, uh, I mean, Deshaun Watson's got tons of weapons here to throw to, so I wouldn't doubt if they can jump out to a lead and – and then let Lamar have a few second-half carries and maybe even get down there and vulture a couple touchdowns inside the five-yard line. You never know when that happens. But there's a ton of weapons on Houston to spread this thing out between Hopkins, Fuller, and QT. Defenses are going to have a very, very difficult time like containing that box. If, if Lamar just gets some carries, he, he could be in good shape here. So that's kind of where I'm going. And then those three receivers, you can take any one of them. They're all good. Hopkins, obviously, a stud, but Price like it. And uh, QT is still cheap. You can go that route. He's, he's a real PPR magnet. Yeah, I mean, the dude's got 22 targets in his first two games. So, clearly going to be a big part of this offense and still underpriced at 4,600. So, like him a lot. But let, let's talk Lamar Miller here because Derek spent five years on the Titanic chop. He jumps <laughs> off, and then you're the shark in the water now jumping on the ship. So, Derek, Lamar Miller, what are your thoughts? Are you, you said you were done with him. Are you going to hold true to that? Yeah, why are you doing this to me, Chop? You, you hey. know it doesn't. You know it doesn't take much for me to be all in on Lamar Miller. It's like a good stock, man. You got to know when to get in and when to dump that some gun. <laughs> so, like you mentioned, he missed last week, so it should be a little healthier this week. And Deontay Foreman isn't going to come back until week seven. So, uh, if you're playing Lamar Miller, if I'm playing Lamar Miller, this will be the last chance that he gets uh, for the rest of the year. So, I actually don't hate the call. We know the Bills has been awful against the run, freezer last two seasons. And, yeah, positive game script for sure. You can pair them up with the Texans' defense. I haven't seen the number updated after last week, but Josh Rosen had taken uh, sacks on 15% of his dropbacks before last week. So, uh, Watt and Clowney, they're going to be uh, monsters in this one. And uh, I like the Kiki QT call. 25% market share, 94% snap rate in his two games. Uh, just far too cheap for the number of targets he's, he's getting. 
But I do worry about the game script for DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, he'll probably get his in the first half, maybe the first three quarters, but just not sure how much they're going to be airing the ball out uh, late in this game. And he draws the matchup. And Tredavious White's been very good for Buffalo, so I think you'll see a lot of that. But still a low total in this game, not a lot to be excited about. Watson says he is going to play, but the total at 41, I would pick and choose your spots rather than stack uh, either side of this one. Last game for us here on the early slate here for part one. Derek, we have Chicago and Miami. Chicago coming off the bye, three-point favorites here in Miami, but another low total. You know, it opened up at 43-and-a-half. We're down to 41-and-a-half in some spots. So not a lot of excitement in this one for Vegas. What about you, Dolphins and Bears? Yeah, I want no part of this game. We saw Tariq Cohen have that big game against the Buccaneers before the bye, but Jordan Howard still out-snapped him. Uh, I'm pretty sure that was the first time I played Howard in like two years, um, so I won't be going back to that well. I think people are going to be chasing the points with Cohen. Don't really want to play Trubisky on the road. Don't love any of his pass catchers here. So uh, Chicago's a fade for me. Then Miami, yeah, I mean, Drake finally got it going a little bit last week, but they were playing from behind. I think Frank Gore is going to mix in once again. Don't trust any of Tannehill's receivers. So for the most part, I think I'm just going to be avoiding this one. So defense is in play for you then? Yeah, Bears defense for sure. Don't don't have a ton of respect for Miami's defense, but uh, I suppose if they're cheap, uh, and you need him in a tournament, don't mind it. Yeah, I, I'm intrigued by Jordan Howard. You know, I want to believe I was very high on him going into the season shop. Miami, bottom seven against the running back position. Cohen coming off the big game. You got to think Howard going to go overlooked here. Your thoughts on that running back situation and the rest of this game to wrap us up. Yeah, Miami is a fade for me against a tough defense like this with some with some with with plenty of rest. I don't, I don't want Miami. They're – yeah, they're they're not they're not looking good right now, so I'm pass on that one. Uh, Chicago, I'm with you. I think you could go Jordan Howard or Trey Burton. I think one of those guys is the is the path here. The receivers not so high on. They kind of split things up quite a bit there. Allen Robinson most likely to catch a touchdown, I think, but not then probably not going to put up a huge game. Trubisky is last time we saw him was you know his big 44 point performance, but. Uh, that was against a defense that wasn't even trying to play. So I think it's a little bit less likely he has a, has a decent game here. So I'm with you. Howard, Trey Burton, that's about where I draw the line. All right, and that'll wrap us up here for part one of the DFS OGs podcast on Roto-Grinders. Guys, any final thoughts here on the games, on anything? We'll be back, obviously, with part two, or we'll talk about the rest of the games. But anything to wrap us up here in part one, Chop? Nah, I mean, part one was part one. It's uh, it's it's flying by, and we got bye weeks and everything, so we got limited games here, so we'll, we'll do the best we can with it. Derek, final thoughts here, part one of week six. Doesn't seem like there's going to be a ton of highly owned guys this week, so it could be a week just to mix it up a little bit. You know, we have a lot of the big names in the primetime slate. Uh, so, yeah, I think it could be an interesting week to just uh, take some of these lower-owned, uh, you know, shots and tournaments. Yeah, it seems like a lot less games to stack here this week as well. So I think there may be a different build. We'll get some better games here coming up uh, moving forward here in part two. But part two, we'll answer some questions. We'll talk about the games, obviously. we got five games to cover. Three afternoon games we'll hit on Sunday night, Monday night, and look at it from the primetime slate, the MVP spots. We don't have pricing, but we'll take a look at that. But we're going to get to some user questions and a lot better questions this week. We got a lot of them. We'll try to get to as many as we can, and we'll answer life's important question. 
do defenses matter? So make sure you come back for part two. But for part one here of the OGs podcast, I am Beer. Thank you to jo- for joining in, for listening, for Chop, for Noto. Guys, I hope you enjoyed it. Come on back for part two. But for part one, we're out. We'll see you. <clears throat> All righty. Let's give it a minute. We got a gap.